Master Glenn. Master Michael. We've been expecting you. The word paranormal conjures up so many images of ghosts and restless souls doomed to walk the earth and haunt the living forever. Demons, devils and everything in between are said to plague humanity, with stories going back to the dawn of time, passed down through the generations to today. Our understanding of science has evolved and most people would say they don't believe in ghosts. But ask most people and then push them a little more and you'll likely receive a well there was this one time this is tea and grumpets and this is our ed and lorraine warren special and with that mike how has your week been? It's been ghoulish, Glenn. Uh, another rough one, as usual. Um, but I put in a lot of time preparing for this very moment, and I am so excited. So all the, the gloom and doom of the past week is forgiven for this one moment. So here we go. How is your week? Uh, it's also been a week of doom and gloom. Um, I, but I have actually been looking forward to recording this. Uh, been actually very, very excited. One of the most excited I've been about one of our episodes in quite some time. Uh, I am currently sitting in almost near pitch black with just a soft glow of my computer screens lighting up the room. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a nice candle going. There's no sound, pitch blackness. I am ready to do I this. I think, yes, so. we are going to um, send chills down our own spines and hopefully not down yours. <laughs> True. So, so, Ed and Lorraine Warren, huh? Ed and Lorraine Warren, despite what you think about them, some people call them charlatans, some people call them uh, spiritual warriors, other people call them curiosities, some people call them ghostbusters, some people call them the, the first ever people to market themselves as a media item. Um, they are a franchise in themselves. Uh, they are infamous throughout the paranormal community. Some people love them, some people hate them, some people don't quite know what to make of them. Um, so, to give you a brief piece of history about Ed and Lorraine Warren, so we'll give a brief rundown. Of course, pulled from the, the pages of Wikipedia. <laughs> um, uh, and then we'll go into what we both know about Ed and Lorraine Warren. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, we both know them as paranormal investigators, and Ed is a self-taught and self-professed demonologist. Um, he's an author, a lecturer, Ugh. and Lorraine uh, was said to be clairvoyant and a medium. And they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, uh, one of the oldest ghost hunting groups in New England. And they've authored numerous books, and they've claimed to have investigated over 10,000 cases of the supernatural. Some of them uh, became very, very famous films and stories in themselves, and media sensations. Um, one of those in particular is very, very close to Mike. 
Um, so Very. they have been in the public eye since the late 60s and they've never really gone away. Um, they have been investigated numerous times and numerous times people have come up with, uh, they think they're lying and other people say, no, no, they, they are quite honest in what they do. Um, either way you look at it, they do spin very good stories. Um, and I think that's what we really want to focus on here at the moment before we call them charlatans is uh, whether they are and whether it is just a storytelling exercise or whether they did actually have experiences happen and they slightly embellished them to sell books. You wouldn't blame them if they did. It's a tale as old as time. Um, but we, you can't talk about the Warrens without talking things like Annabelle, the Amityville Horror, uh, the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, there's so much you could literally fill probably a whole new series based on the Warrens. Uh, but before we do that, Mike, how did you first become aware of the Warrens? I have known about them for a long time. Amityville. You know, when you dive deep into Amityville, those names come up rather quickly. And if you've watched all the films, you, they're, they're there as well. So I've known about them for a long time, and I'm always so interested in these paranormal cases because they're just beyond belief, literally. And um, I never really cared so much for them. Um, they just always showed up in every documentary I've seen on Amityville. So um, with this special attention this week on them, I really took this week to get to know them a bit better. But I first found out about them in Amityville, and, you know, um, they just kept coming up in all the horror stuff I watch. You know, like every horror film I watch um, that had to do based on a true story, there they were. So it's kind of hard to um, dismiss them or miss them if you are a horror fan, because they're so deep within the culture. So how about you? Uh, what's your relationship to these two? Uh, strangely, uh, they actually came to my attention probably oof, probably 20 years ago, and it was a documentary about their museum, actually. Um, when I say documentary, it was a short insert into a British thing um, about their museum of paranormal curiosities. The, the occult, occult museum. museum. Yeah. Um, and from that... Uh, I kind of started going, oh, they're the guys that were involved in this case, and this case, and this case. I used to be an avid reader of anything supernatural. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't really in search of my own answers or anything. It's just because I liked, I liked ghost stories. Um, I think that's part of being British, is everyone loves ghost stories. I think that's part of being human, yeah, I to think be so. honest. I mean, there's two things that I cared about my entire life, and that's sharks and the paranor mm -hmm. paranormal. Like, it, it's just fascinating to me, both of those. But, yeah, no, that's it, I, maybe it is more prominent in uh, Britain because you have so many historic old places, like, still up. I mean, we do, but, like, nothing compared to your castles and all these beautiful places that you have. So is it more prominent can't, there, you think, than any absolutely. other place? You can't throw a handful of change about somewhere being haunted or supposedly haunted. Um, oh, it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> like that. You know, you've got to throw somewhere and you're going to hit a ghost. Like the town where I live, um, I live in the oldest town in the country called Colchester. 
Um, and this place is riddled, riddled with ghosts. Um, there's so many different places that are meant to be haunted. Some I have visited and stayed in overnight. Um, I've, I've visited most of them, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I would too if yep. I lived there. I mean, uh, that's kind of awesome. The, yeah, the town is, uh, you know, the town is very, very old. And it's one of those places that if you go out at night, um, whether you're out, you know, enjoying drinks or something, you can take a walk down a side alley, and you're in a you're in an alleyway that looks like it's from 600 years ago, <laughs> uh, and That's you kind incredible. of get that eerie. Oh, this is just awful. <laughs> like, what if I saw something now? Um, well, I feel like we have that too in New York. Like, you go down literally any alley. I mean, it's not 600 years old, but it's probably the the most horrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. But that's incredible that you guys have so much stuff there. That's right. awesome. It's absolutely oh, crazy. Man. I mean, um, I went to the Tower of London a couple of years ago, and I, I had one of the uh, just one of the, the guides there telling me the various ghost stories of the Tower of London. And when you get to that, have you ever seen anything? They go, eh, not really. <laughs> and you kind of go, I'm convinced <laughs> by you're not really. Um, yeah, but I did hear a very good story once, and it was uh, at a museum in in Colchester, in central Colchester, and um, that was said to be haunted by one of the former owners of it. It was his wife haunted the third floor, and uh, my son, who was interested at the time, he's a bit older now, but he, he he got me to go there, and we had a tour around, and he went, "Can you ask him about the ghost?" And I, I said, yeah, I can do. And they, of course, they'd been asked this loads of times um, about this this ghost. And then the person talking to me, and I don't know if they're winding us up, they went, oh, no, I've never seen anything. And the woman behind her in the shop went, but Mary has. And kind of this woman come over and it's like, oh, do you want to know about the lady in white? Yeah, I've seen her. And people have seen... So, so they just pull out this old, yeah. <laughs> decrepit woman hiding in the corner. Hey, Mary, come yeah. on over. Yes, I've seen the, uh, the figure in yeah, white. Like, like they planted her in a closet and waiting for the specific question. They knocked <laughs> twice and here comes old batshit Mary to come out. Um, but yeah, uh, she's like apparently caught on CCTV camera as well. This uh, woman in white walking around the house. Um are you sure it's not Mary? Yes, yeah, it's Mary just making herself <laughs> useful. Oh, God, that's amazing, man. But yeah, according <laughs> to uh, the Warrens, that would be a demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything's yep. a demon. Well, let's let's jump in, because, I, yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, the, the, let's touch on a couple of their most famous, um, I guess, encounters, Absolutely. if you will. And the first one is very close and near and dear to my heart, which is the Amityville yep. Horror. Um, I live roughly about a half hour to 40 minutes from that place. But let's take a deep dive into it, talk about it, and I'll share a little story at the end mm -hmm. of this. And Glenn, feel free to interject if I miss no, anything. Go ahead. So, um, November 13th, 1974. The, there was a family there, the DeFeos, um, and the son... Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family. All at night, supposedly it was a terrible thunderstorm, and no neighbors heard anything. 
the man ran down to the bar. I wouldn't say ran because uh, according to some sources, the, the shooting happened around 3.15 or somewhere around there. Um, and he ran to the bar around 6. And he said, hey, y'all, someone kill my family. Um, that's definitely not how we speak. But that's how I imagine a 1974 Ronald DeFeo Jr. speaking. So he went down and he reported it. And eventually he was convicted of the second degree murder of killing that entire family. So that was a grisly, grisly murder um, by someone in the, within their family. That's just mm -hmm. messed up. And then that's like part one. And I'm skipping over a lot of things. I'm just trying to give a brief history. The next was George and Kathy Lutz. Mm -hmm. The next year moved in. And this is based on that famous film, you know, um, after 28 days, they left the house claiming to have been terrorized by tons of paranormal phenomena. So some of the stuff that the Lutzes claim that at 315 every morning, they would go and check the, uh, the boathouse and they would always be awoken, woken up at that time. And that was the time that uh, DeFeo killed his entire family. Like, so every night. Uh, the house was played with flies just everywhere. Um, the, the man, George Lush, he was a big dude, like really big dude. And he would just sit by the fire trying to get warm, even if it was like summer. So um, the, the list goes on and on. But uh, it was just a horrific horrific series of events and multiple people have now lived in that house and nothing bad has happened so there's a lot i'm missing here glenn um how, how, fill me in on your relationship to this story yeah it's, it's pretty much um the same as yours it's the uh, the lutz family haunting after the defeo murders and the, the 315 thing that's that you see that in a lot of stories about the 315 yeah. it doesn't seem to just be linked to Amityville. you actually yeah, yeah well that that's the witching yeah. hour three to four is what they kept saying three to four is when <laughs> bad stuff happens yeah, which does so. always freak me out because that is the time i tend to wake up <laughs> oh god yeah yeah, I'm, yeah. me too <laughs> like 345 ish and i'm just like why and then i stay up but yeah it's it's a very strange mm. hour you know and for, for that to persist through two families i mean it's insane but the house itself um which I've been to, which we're getting to. Um, there's several freaky things about it. The first and the most weird one is called the Red Room. Do you know it's about the, this Is one? that the hidden room in the basement? Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a tiny, small cupboard, almost. And if you open it into the left, there is a red room. And it's the size of a small closet. And supposedly, supposedly, out of all of this, they said uh, Ronnie DeFeo Jr., that's where he, like, performed blood rituals and sacrificed animals and everything. And there's a video online, if you go and find it, of one of the murdered children's friends giving you a walkthrough and you can see it. And it looks like it's just torn to shreds at this point. But... Uh, the Lutzes really had no clue what that room was used for or didn't even know it existed until, you know, by accident, um, what's her name, Kathy, moved her arm and there was the red room. So that's a really freaky thing to have in your house, um, just a blood red room. Like, if I found one, I'd be like, cool. In my old house, um, in the basement, there was always this closed door and I would open it 
and it would just be an endless crawl space. It was like the creepiest thing. And I didn't know about it for the longest time. In the last couple of years, I, I decided, all right, I'm a big boy now. I'm going to open up this. And it scared me half to death. And, you know, both my parents like, don't ever open that again. I'm like, okay, there are dead bodies in here. There's a couple of <laughs> in there. But I, I don't know. I still don't know. And I don't want to know because <laughs> it gives me nightmares. <laughs> but, and um, along with the Amityville Horror, there were the Warrens and they, they, they documented this case and one of the, the famous famous photos was taken at the house in 1976 and it's supposedly uh -huh. one of the most famous paranormal photos of all time and it's of a little boy uh, John DeFeo supposedly that was murdered and it's clear as day I urge the listeners to go and Google this because I, I still can't look at it. As I'm looking at it now, I'm like, this is the creepiest yeah. damn thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's just so weird. So there's no explanation that I've found or uh, I care to find because this just really messes me up. So I'm going to click X and get out of there. I will, uh, I'll put it, that in the show notes if anyone wants to see it. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's yeah, horrifying. Thanks, I have to look horrifying. at it now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's really creepy and there's no explanation. So... Yeah, um, the, the, the Warrens did a seance in there, and they said, it, it, <laughs> there's no doubt there's something in this house. So from what I gather, um, the Lutzes would not even go near the damn house, so much so that the Warrens had to meet them at a diner to, to pick up the keys. And like Ed kept saying to him, so what happened in there? And, you know... George would just look him dead in the eye and say, you know what happened there. And he would be like, no, I, I don't. That's why I'm here. And he's like, you know what happened there. And, and like, eventually he's like, just go there and see, see what happens. So they held seances. Um, and Lorraine went through the house and just terrible things happened. She said, and the quote might be wrong, but this is one of, if this is in hell, this is as close to hell as I'll ever get. Those were her basically her words when she was in that house so there's so much terror around this house and so much history behind this house mm -hmm. so anything i'm leaving no, out on all. this one not at all. okay so i want you glenn to cue up the music it's story time for the amityville house so about 10 years ago on a bright sunny day um i was with my friends and i have no recollection of what the heck we were doing could have been at a bar could have been wherever and we decided yo Let's go and check out the Amityville Horror. So, we got in this little car, okay? And Ocean Avenue is a sprawling, beautiful, big block. You turn, you make a right onto it. It's like uh, on the corner is a deli where that bar used to be where DeFeo ran in and yelled is now a mm -hmm. deli. Um, you make a right and it's a super wide street. It's beautiful. All the houses look almost the same. Um, and we found the address. And we, we kept trying to find this house, and eventually we got to what we believed was the house. And we looked at it, and we kept looking. And then we looked up into the attic, where at the very top, and there was a skeleton in the window. No joke. My friend hit the gas as hard as he could because we both saw it at the same time. I said, look up there, and, and he just left. And we were freaked out. We were so freaked out. Like, why would that be there? Like, what the heck? So 
about five minutes later, we, we caught our breath and we're like, okay, all right, all right, we, we got to go back. I, something wasn't right about mm-hmm. this. And we, we kept going on trying to figure it out and it wasn't the right house. This was a completely different house than the Amityville Horror. And to be, it, we were two houses away. Someone put that up there to mess with people <laughs> and they did a hell of a job because both of us were scared to death. And then we found the Amityville Horror. We, we tra- traced it down and we sat in front of it. We didn't get out, there was no need. And it is an awe-inspiring house. Honestly, it has changed so much from what it once was, having the high hope sign in, in the front. But now it, it it's almost like it's just resting there eternally. Like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It is overwhelming to see this thing in person because you just go, history. They, this is a place that just screams history. So we found the house, we sat there, we soaked it all in, and then we vowed to never go back because that was one of the most horrifying experiences. I still remember seeing that in the window and it, it screwed us up. But someone's a really smart person on Ocean Avenue. Um, and yeah, it's really intimidating. It's really beautiful, beautifully taken care yeah, of. Yeah, I'm just looking now, uh, it's it went gorgeous up, house. It went up for auction, I believe, two years ago uh, or last year for $8 million. I, th- I could be to- totally making that up, but it's a very high asking price, and the housing prices out here are insane. And to be honest, I mean, that price is just for the history. Because the house ain't no- nothing special besides that it sits on a harbor, which does, of course. But $8 million, no. Out here, $8 million gets you, like, a ridiculous mansion with no neighbors. Um, but in Amityville, which isn't the greatest town, like, it- it's definitely gotten better. It's not a... I don't know how to describe it. It's not the most elegant of towns. Um, you know, th- that asking price is astronomical. Mm. But, man, what an incredible experience and, like, a fun story to recollect on. So, I've been there. It's horrifying. Um, and, yeah, I really, really want to go inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, Like, I'd give anything. Whilst we're on the subject of the Amityville Horror, uh, do you want to take us through what Ed and Lorraine Warren apparently did there and what they claim to have seen? If I could find it, sure. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? So basically, yeah, I mean, I I, I know as well, but... You go ahead. So basically, they they claim to have uh, performed, yeah, like you say, a seance in the house. Um, Yeah. But it's like it's like anything, isn't it? Because they based, claimed it was it was a demonic presence in there. Um, now I'm not sure whether before this they were actually were they national names, or do you think this is the one that brought them into the limelight? And do you think they they grabbed on this as a way of actually getting? Well, this is what made yeah. them. This in the book offer by Jay Anson, like, uh, yeah, this is what gave them their jumpstart and credibility, like, yeah, now, (laughs) what they did there. Here's here's the thing that gets me right, is there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going around that the Lutzes actually made this all up, and they they conspired with their their lawyer to actually make up this horror story. If Mm -hmm. that was the case, were the Warrens complicit, or did they just grab an opportunity knowing that nothing could be said well that's 
a much bigger question. But um, it, yeah, a lot of people ha are very skeptical about the, them. No one is questioning the DeFeos mm -hmm. because they're all dead. Yeah, they would. You know? They would definitely but, murdered in the house. We can agree with that. Yeah, and, and like that's the difference. There's concrete evidence there. Like there are bodies, and there's a guy still rotting away in jail on life uh, sentences. And by the way, he, he he changed his story so many different times. To oh, my brother came over, um, and his sister was there too, and she killed everyone. And my brother was trying to get me out of the house. That story has changed so many times with this gentleman. Anyway, there's a million movies and everything. Um, and I already forgot your question. But I think this... I, I don't know. I don't know if it's fake or not. But I don't... They, they, they would have had to gone through so much to leave all their crap. You know, like... That's a gamble, yeah. Glenn. Like, all right, we're going to fabricate this story. All right, we're going to leave everything in our house, though, in the hopes that we're going to make millions of dollars off of this story. Like, I don't know if that's feasible in my brain. Like, or like, I, I, I don't think I would do. I know I wouldn't do that. But do you do you think that's what it was? Um, that's the thing, isn't it? It's 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 a lot to go to go for in a gamble of will we get any sort of popularity out of this? Uh, because the Warrens, yeah. they're the ones who photograph the, the boy who's in the show notes. Um, yeah. So it's them that actually produced it. And, you know, if they, if they didn't photograph that, how the heck did they do it? Um, other than to, you know, fraudulently conjure something up, maybe to use some sort of trick photography. Remember, this is back in 1976. 1976. Yeah. So it's not like you could just knock something up in Photoshop like you could today. Because Photoshop, you can actually, yeah. you can make anything look real to the point of, you know, I'm quite adept at doing graphical design. And sometimes I look at stuff and go, I don't remember how I did that. But that's pretty convincing. Um, yeah. But back then, how, how do you do it? I don't think you do. Okay. Um, I don't know. Again, but let's say this is a conspiracy yeah. theory. Let's just say that. Okay. And someone recently debunked, like, if the moon landing was a conspiracy theory um they would have needed 445,000 people to keep their mouth shut now listeners i want you to think about throwing your friend a surprise birthday yep. party do you know how hard that is just like 10 of you and let alone 445 now think about uh, well there were many people involved in this investigation all the police officers the mediums the lutz like every like, do you think they're all in on it no like i don't buy that i buy um, something was very wrong. I, 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 I believe their story. Do I believe what happened in that house? I don't know. I don't definitely not, but, uh, it's a cool story, you know, and that's what this is all going to keep coming back to. It's a hell of a story, you know, that there were swarms of fl uh, flies, that windows crashed, that there's a kid in a photo that that's nowhere mm -hmm. else. So I, I don't know. Um, but I'm not here to, you know debunk them i'm just here to present yeah. the coolness um, of yeah because the warrens they they they, the they didn't they didn't charge for their services so no money was changed there but they did they did, they did this is the thing that gets me right is uh they did have rights to the book and film deals um that that's a strange yeah. thing to be setting up in my mind um you know, they they can basically say, right, okay, we'll we'll get rid of your demons or whatever for you. 
but we get the rights to write a book about this and any film deals off the back of those books. Um, yeah. Listen, they're smart. They're smart business yeah, people. Yeah, they, they, they are, okay? they are it, smart. It, I'll give them that. Yeah, they're very smart. Yeah, it, let's not let's not condemn it that okay what they do is complete garbage like it's complete malarkey they're setting themselves up for mm -hmm. success you know yeah we don't charge but uh if you're making any sort of movie or book on this we get a large portion of that because we're doing the work so anyway but there this case was not without its controversy and it all really revolves around yep. the priest um there was a lawsuit that he said you know like none of this happened um, he, he claimed he heard a voice That's saying, get right. out, you know, um, th there was physical damage throughout the house, $55,000, $55,000 in 1977. That's the amount of damage. Uh -huh. Okay. Doors, locks, windows, everything. Um, there was a television, uh, crew that interviewed, um, the newest person after the Lutz is Barbara Cromerty. Mm -hmm. It's called That's Incredible. I watched it. And, like, that's where you can see the Red Room. And the house looked beautiful. But th there was a lot of people saying, you know what, this, this something right here doesn't uh, add up. I think you're full of crap. So uh, there's a lot of people suing. You know, the Lutz is uh, sued for mental distress. They claim $4.5 in damages, like... All these asinine numbers. So this was not a clean story for the Lutzes. This was not, th there's definitive proof here. This is what happened. People were like, you're full of it, and I will prove it. There were people out back then that intently did not believe the Warrens and did not believe the Lutzes. So, um, and since then, the amount of movies that have come out on this, which I have watched every single yep. one, um, the first one is phenomenal. I'm not going to review all of them, but there is a, a new, the newest of them interviews one of the children who is now a man, and it is definitely worth the watch, although the guy seems like a total jerk and just like completely screwed up in the head. What's this? I don't, play, yeah, I, I don't blame it. All right, let's see. Uh, Amityville, <laughs> newest movie. I think it was, I think Sorry, it was on Amazon I, I watched it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, crap. Uh, the guy. Come on, help me out. No, I'm not going to find it. I'll find it while you're doing your next segment. But yeah, dude, that was a really good one because it's all firsthand yeah. account stuff. Like, he's like, no, stuff was levitating. I was a, a kid. This was messed up. We should have left. So it's interesting that it took him 40 years to come out and say this, you know? But um, it, the story isn't the DeFeo's. You know, that's not where the story is because every Amityville movie you see is not about the murders. It's not, which is really sad because I feel like that that's such mm -hmm. a horrific thing. It's about the Lutzes. It's about what happened after. So that's what people want to see. And that's so much easier to glamorize because there's no concrete evidence as opposed to the movie for the DeFeos would have been One Dark Scary Night boom 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 movie over there's a lot more possibilities for movies and books with this um with yeah. the lutzes because 28 days later yeah they're gone so yeah they, that um Ugh. that film was called miami of all horror and it has Thank yeah you. daniel daniel lutz yeah. telling his story first time in 35 years yeah and it's really worth the watch it's also really upsetting because you can tell 
some something is wrong with this guy. Like something is really wrong. And he's a typical Long Island guy. Like like total meathead. Like, hey bro, how you doing, bro? Like it's just like it's so stereotypical of Long Island. But you can tell he's deeply pained and also a terrible musician. God, there's a lot of him playing a guitar and it's just almost unlistenable. But watch it. It's it's really, really um interesting. It's really interesting. So, and I feel like I've seen him. I feel like he looks like every man. <laughs> like I've seen him at a bar. But yeah, watch that if if you're interested in this case. That was the most truest of believable, I guess, out of all the movies. Mm-hmm. You know. But hell of a case, man. And I know I'm leaving out stuff. Uh, I, I, like I had so much prepared. But we could like, probably do a whole just, episode just on Amityville. We could. Yeah, it's so true. So I'm gonna leave it there. Unless there's anything else you, you wanna hit up on but that that is a case that i have followed since i was like 10 it's just fascinating it's weird and it's local it's local so it's even more of just this enigma to me and uh i'm glad i went i'm glad i saw it but it's i don't think it's ever going to end because the story is so extravagant that movies will keep being made so take us through to the warren's next beautiful okay well out of their 10,000 cases, one of the ones they are most controversial, controversially involved with, is um, it's actually set in my my home homeland, and um, it is at 284 Green Street, and that is the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, now, now in relationship to where you live, Glenn, where Enfield's is Enfield? about a, a 35 minute drive. Away, yeah, it's really okay. not that far. Sorry, I just, uh, for those for those I just interested in you know the mythology of the supernatural, I'm actually about ten minutes away from Bawley Rectory as well. So, uh, that's well, what's left of the rectory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I uh, I'm, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in there, but you know, I live in haunted England anyway. Now, yeah, <laughs> the Enfield Poltergeist was um, that happened over a spread of two years. Uh, it was two girls. Uh, being haunted by a, I wouldn't say malevolent. It was inhumane, yeah, a demon. Yeah, it, it, some some say it was a demon. Um, some say it was children just uh, faking the whole thing. Um, others say no. There there were there were people. There were police who actually saw saw the haunting and can claim they see they saw chairs move. Um, lots and lots of claims that. You know, people were levitating, people were being pulled out of beds, chest of drawers were dancing across rooms. Um, you know, that, that's the thing. But in the heat of the moment when there is adrenaline pumping, um, people can see lots of things. Uh, but basically, it was it was based in a council house. So, Mike, um, a council house is a bit like... Uh, is it a townhouse or like connected houses? What they are is they're like assisted housing, so they're paid for and subsidised by the government. That's what a okay. council house is. So they weren't really wealthy. No, they weren't really wealthy. Um, okay. You know, they were they were probably, you know, probably near poverty line. Um, okay, because I always imagined everyone in England is just millionaires. With top hats that go around <laughs> with monocles, but that's just me with the monocle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so famously, this in England, this was actually uh, the a case of two two investigators called Morris Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair. 
uh, who did most of the legwork with this. Um, th now, there is the, the interesting thing about the Enfield Poltergeist, more so than Amityville, is the sheer amount of media associated with this. I don't mean um, films or anything, I mean the sheer amount of resources there are to actually look at this thing. You've got um, voices caught on tape, uh, you've got uh, the little girl Janet when she was channeling uh, the supposed previous occupant Bill Watkins, his name? That sounds yeah, about right. Uh, I think it was that. Uh, but basically, Wilkins, his name is Wilkins. Um, and, yes. you know, they actually went to this, this Bill Wilkins' son and he kind of confirmed, yeah, that is kind of how my dad died in that chair <laughs> from a brain aneurysm. Yeah. So that that's the thing is uh just things like that with this case in particular how did that 11 year old girl know how the previous occupant died and where he died um but again this one has lots and lots of uh you know reputable people actually saying this did happen they witnessed it and uh, it was investigated for two years but the thing about the warrens is is there is a lot of controversy over how much involvement they had with this because you can't read an agreed level of involvement the Warrens actually had. Um, I've read that they turned up and were briefly turned away, and that was it. Um, the Warrens claimed to have visited the house four times. There's others that said they stayed for a day. There's others that said that Ed Warren stayed for a week. Um, there's others that say they, they didn't even set foot in the house. Um, you know how much of this is true because what you've got to remember is um morris gross and guy lion playfair they 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 weren't there every day either it wasn't like they were there for two years solid they were kind of doing stages coming in and out so it could be quite possible the warrens did turn up and stay for a little bit who actually knows mm -hmm. um but yeah this is another one that is linked to the warrens so much so that you actually had the conjuring two based on this particular case with the Warren's um, own viewpoint. Now this this one is the one where I get a bit questionable over when it's based on a true story and it's like, is it? <laughs> like, uh, I think you can claim you were there, but <laughs> other than that, I'm not really sure what else they can claim. But for the sheer amount of evidence there is with this, well, I say evidence, there is a lot of stuff with this. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, suspected fraudulence as well, played by the children. But here's the thing, right, you have to think about this, is that you've got two kids, you've got one 13, one 11, and how, <laughs> how do they pull the wool over the eyes of adults? That's the thing. Um, like, that, you've got to be a pretty clever kid to pull off a stunt like that and get people involved to the point if you've got the national media turning up and people flying in from overseas to actually witness this as well and for what this is the thing you don't actually know what they got out of it um they didn't like get a better house they didn't get moved they didn't really get lots of money for it i mean i've, I've watched an interview with the two two girls growing up uh yep. they still claim to this day it was real although they do admit to faking some of it because they felt under pressure from the adults to perform um, well, they also said that they wanted to do that to see if they would catch it. Yeah. 
I mean, there's so much in this one, Glenn. They, like, this, again, is a whole damn podcast yeah. by itself. And we debated this. Like, we, we went back and forth on this one because, you know, listen, Glenn's from there, so I have to defer to him. But, like, I fell deep into this rabbit hole. What I find really, really skeptical is that the first time Janet used the Bill mm-hmm. voice was when, A, the TV crew was first there, and Maurice Gross was like, can I talk to the spirit? And she goes, I'm Bill. I'm here. And it's like, wow, that's that's some timing there you have there. But, um, like, uh, yeah. it's, it, I find it a little suspect. But then there's just so many points. Like, if she was putting on that show, and I asked you this, and it, I didn't get an answer because I don't know if there is one. This girl used that voice for close to mm-hmm. 11 hours, and she would go back to her normal voice. And every person that that's uh, examined the case has said, if that if she did that for 11 hours, her vocal cords would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, destroyed. And she would go from, I'm Bill, to, hi, how are you? Like, like nothing. So much so that one of, uh, at least in the movies, uh, they made her have a, a swallow, not swallow, hold water in her mouth and then she talked with that water in her mouth for a good however long it may be and like afterwards she spit out the water and like the whole time bill is talking so granted in the movie they depict that she, her back is turned like every she the, the monster or bill won't talk to them if they're looking at her which is another suspect but um it, there's just so much here glenn this one is uh the most documented paranormal case in history there's how many hours of recordings of this, Glenn? Oh, um, like six hundred. It was yeah. There's a, you can get it all on YouTube as well. I've tried. I've consumed everything. I've watched what you were talking about with that interview with the mm-hmm. girls grown up. A, uh, they are disturbed. Like something has happened to these parts. Uh, people what i find even more disturbing is that they had a skeptic next to her at the end of her story she's like you're full of crap none of that happened your memory's bad and you're a terrible person stop it <laughs> like it, it was jarring i'm like whoa and this poor woman is just crying her eyes yeah. out like you weren't there and i think that's what it comes down to like listen when the cop says the dresser levitated across the room and shattered into a million pieces I'm kind of going to believe the cop. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm not because it's ridiculous, but you have these two reputable-looking blokes, as you would call them, just on screen like, yeah, we don't know how to explain this. Something bad happened. And uh, we were there, and we saw it. But there was just so much attention to this, Glenn. And I can't believe that it only took two years. But there's a lot of holes to poke where the kids just being kids. Like, I don't know. In the Warrens, uh, you know, Guy Playfair said straight up, like, this is one account that the Warrens showed up uninvited mm-hmm. and only stayed for a day. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Like, from what I've read and heard um, in the book, it, it said basically the church wanted them to make sure that this wasn't a hoax. And they showed up and, like, for five minutes, they went in the house, and like, yep, it's haunted. Bye. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But that's one of a thousand yeah. tales. So, but I think. And you can agree, this is one of the least involved they were. Even if all these accounts are put together, how long do they really stay there? At most a week? You know, but not even. So the story, again, outweighs everything. And 
I don't think the Warrens were there. The real heroes here were um, Maurice and Guy, who did all the, the hard work, and then the Warrens just took credit for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, slice of Britain at the time as well. You know, Britain was very poor. There wasn't a lot going on, so maybe, maybe it was just two bored kids. I don't really, really know. I don't really want to imagine it was. Um, it was certainly enough that it did actually get people to take notice. But then, you know, equally, there was a there was a case in uh, Britain, um, a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cemetery called the Highgate Cemetery. I've been there a few times. Absolutely gorgeous Gothic cemetery. That was abandoned, it's come overgrown, there's crypts and everything there, straight out of a vampire movie. I suggest you look it up. And there oh was a God. suggestion, there was an actual vampire in there uh, with a showdown with a vampire hunter go, going in there. Uh, that was in mm. the 70s as well. So, you know, the 70s was a funny age where people were willing to believe. Suspend this yeah, belief. Just, yeah, just have this level of belief. Um, <laughs> That's, that's the thing, it's, it's the era as well. People were hungry for supernatural. And you do, you do find that a lot as well, is, um, you know, ghost stories are always, always good sellers. Um, but Yeah, for sure. But this one, I, I don't know, man. I mean, what, one of the skeptics say that, um, you know, Janet's voice was produced by false vocal cords above the mm -hmm. larynx, and that, like, Bill's voice had the like vocabulary of a child as well like yeah and then another person said well you know he listened to all the recordings and then he said it's nothing more um it's nothing beyond the capabilities of an imaginative teenager yeah you know so uh, but how do you explain the, the freaking dresser going across the room like to a cop i don't know but this is the most documented one and it's so fascinating and like if you see the pictures let's talk about the pictures real quick yep. glenn because uh, i saw them disjointedly like not in mm -hmm. order and they are very convincing and horrifying um the, the girls look absolutely terrorized there's one where janet's apparently levitating and then upon further investigation um someone put together a, a, a gif and it's it's gif not gif so whoever's listening shut up um <laughs> Yeah, uh, she is just jumping yeah. on her bed. <laughs> so thoughts, anything? Uh, just, that's yeah, what it I is. Mean, I've, I've seen that photo. That's that's probably the, the big case photo when people actually discuss the amateur yeah. horror or the Enfield poltergeist. It even comes down to the little demonic boy or Janet jumping off her bed. And <laughs> um, yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I'm not convinced by that one. Um, someone just jumping and going, I was dragged off a bed. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and that like we'll, we'll get through it in another podcast but yeah I, it's just like the reason why these stories are so great Glenn is because no one can freaking prove them okay like that's why because it, it's the imagination you know so but this one was documented you can listen yep. to all of this on YouTube just type in Enfield uh, Janet voice recordings you can hear Bill it is creepy as all hell it does not sound like a child it sounds like a uh, possessed dead person so yeah um, <laughs> but the problem, the, the problem with a lot of um, a lot of these claims is, uh, it's just that it's all anecdotal. That's, that's the real the real issue is everything at the end of the day is just taking belief that yeah I do believe this person. Um, 
you know, and the sheer volume of supernatural that happens, uh, you think yeah. they'd capture something that you could not disprove now. Yeah, we'll yeah, we really will. Like, We've got yeah, we have, that's yeah. a big. Discussion. We have an episode for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. But there's one left for for this one. We must finish up on, and uh, it's another famous one. It all revolves around a little doll. <laughs> Annabelle. Annabelle. Oh Mike, man, what take us through Annabelle. You sure, sure. So Annabelle is this. It's a doll. When you think of a doll, like this is the doll you imagine. It is unassuming, has a beautiful little triangle nose, red hair. It's like the Pippi Longstocking of, of dolls, okay? And the story goes that, um, according to the Warrens, uh, there was a nurse that uh, was given the doll in the, the 70s. And she said it started to behave strangely. Um, so... <laughs> by strangely what do you mean like the arm went up like she would go to work and come back and like it would be in a completely different spot <laughs> but uh yeah so that's a little weird and according to the nurse when she asked the person that gave it to her they found it in a thrift uh -huh. shop which is a really interesting interesting piece that like no movie ever makes a, like uh -huh. talks about if this was just sitting on a shelf and she's like, oh, let me give this to my nurse friend, which is creepy and weird by itself. So anyway, uh, it starts behaving weirdly. So the nurse contacts a psychic medium and says, uh, you got to help me with this thing. This thing is freaking me out. And the medium uh, speaks to <laughs> the doll, if you will, and finds out that it is inhabited by the spirit of a deceased girl named Annabelle. Uh -huh. Okay. So now the nurse is like, Awesome. Let's put the spirit in the doll. Like, I'm giving you full permission to put this spirit in the doll. And if you've read the book, The Demonologist, that is like number rule number one not yep. to do. She invited the demon into her damn house and then put it in a doll. Yeah, you don't do that. Like, I don't... Anyway, you just don't do that. So she did that, and as time went on... Things got a lot worse, like to the point where her boyfriend or her roommate was sleeping and he was paralyzed. The doll climbed up his leg, climbed up to his neck and choked him. <laughs> and he had vicious scratch marks Sorry. on his face. <laughs> OK, so this doll now is attacking people. <laughs> OK, like that's some like nightmare fuel for yeah. you you know if if i don't know if i was sleeping and that happened to me a i'd burn the thing b i'd move out c i'd never talk to that nurse again and d i'd probably kill the the psychic medium like <laughs> so yeah now and uh they called the warrens the warrens got involved now now here comes the fun stuff folks all right so the warrens are like We'll take the doll. Okay? Yep. We'll take the doll. So they take the doll. They throw it in, in the back seat. Okay. Now this is a big freaking mm -hmm. doll. It looks <laughs> like a. It, it's up to my waist. It's a giant freaking doll. Okay. And they're driving home, and they almost die like seventy-five times, according to them in the book. Okay. Glenn, can you tell us a couple of the things that uh, happened? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, something. Something kept grabbing the wheel, 
Um, and I, I know that Ed claimed to he, he took his hands off the wheel and it was it was steering by itself briefly. Uh, another one is when they neared a bridge, um, didn't they? They the car jerked and tried to drive off the bridge. No, another. Oh, and the uh, ghost car. Uh, there was yeah. Yes, the, the ghost the demon car. car as well. Um, apparently, they were was it? They were chased and pursued by a demon car. No, the black materialized car was coming. It was a very narrow bridge, so much so that you can only have one car on it at a time yep. going one way and the way he describes it is i was just driving down this bridge and i saw these pair of headlights coming at nine to nine to five miles per hour and he entered the bridge and i was on the bridge and i had a split second to determine what to do because he wasn't moving so i decided i was going to go off the bridge but at the last moment the car just dematerialized in front of me and everything was fine so yeah um, they were attacked the entire ride home. The entire ride home. And then he would go on to say he would have it in the mm -hmm. office. His office was inside the occult museum. And he would have it on a chair. And that thing would just <laughs> move. <laughs> like, while he's reading a book, the freaking doll starts moving. And he'd be like, oh, what did he do? He, he had, like, a holy water spray yeah. bottle. And he just sprayed at the thing. Like, I can just imagine him sitting on a beautiful, lush chair armchair bit yep. of leather and reading a book about the occult and then the doll starts moving and he's just like and he sprays it at the doll like settle down not now i'm reading <laughs> leave me alone how dare you yeah okay. he's spritzing and, and eventually just yeah, yeah he's spritzing you know the power of christ and all that like to this doll and eventually it got really bad and it was like the most haunted thing they've ever been in contact with that they put it behind a glass encased thing box and it says warning positively do not touch they put books of scripture on the inside they uh on the back behind the doll are verses from the bible now this is a big thing in contention um apparently the, that gets blessed once a week by a priest because it is the most haunted but other sources say it's twice a month once a month no one knows who no one cares but that is the most haunted thing in the occult museum in the warrens and um there are a plethora of movies about it but yeah this seemed to have caused the most havoc to the warrens like good on ed for being like don't worry little one i'll take the possessed mm -hmm. demon doll don't worry about a thing and like it's like he adopted it he's like all right annabelle just sit here i'm gonna spray every 10 minutes don't walk and then he throws her in a box so what am i leaving out here uh, gotta be no I, I don't i don't think you are the, the biggest question i have regarding um you know regarding the warren's occult museum is what happened to all the stuff when they died i have the answer to that but you're gonna have to listen to the next episode dun, to find dun. that Duh. That's that's right, folks. This is not only a one-episode deal. We are doing more. So, I, oh, there's so much more to talk about. But these are the three main cases that uh, I feel you need to have a firm grasp of when you're talking about the Warrens. And we're going to do a deep dive on the upcoming one. So stay tuned. And uh, anything else we're leaving Absolutely out, Glenn? Absolutely not. Um, we are not done yet. We will be returning with episode two. Um, but for now, for this podcast, you can 
insert your comments by uh, using a spirit board and tweeting at us at tgrumpetspod. You can use automatic writing to email us tgrumpetspod at gmail.com or you can capture an EVP and leave it in our audio channel in the show notes if you want to reach out and comment on any experiences you've had personally with the Warrens, uh, your own story about the Warrens or any of the cases we've mentioned today, or even if you want to give us your own little supernatural story, feel free to get in touch. Yes. Next week I will be sharing my supernatural story because I do have one. So stay tuned. And good night for now. Uh, We will close the book on this part, but please return for chapter two. Goodbye. I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Days before I died, I died. chair in the corner downstairs.